Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate demons bliss now. After what did we come on? There's rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur blocks? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusions! Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. I am very excited. Tonight, I'm speaking with Mr. Bootsy Greenwood. Wait, did I say that right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. yeah you did. You did. Okay, it's a, all right. Just making sure. It's, it's an anecdotal <laughs> It's an anecdotal name, really, kind of anyway, because, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to share deeply about it. Um, there's, sure. there's, there's a whole lot, but ultimately, I'll, I'll make it quick at first. It's my stripper name. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the first pet you ever had. And then the street you grew up on is how you calculate that. And that's awesome. <laughs> and that's and so my name, Owen Hunt, is my birth name, is a character on the show Grey's Anatomy, uh, a fa- like a fictitious character. So if you search for Owen Hunt on the Internet, that's all that comes up for like. I don't know. Hundreds pages. of pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so it was a good marketing move as well. <laughs> Saved me a lot of money on SEO so far. That's cool. It's funny. I lived on a Greenwood street. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a cool little synchronicity right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were talking before we recorded that you went roller skating recently and you had a blast and it was actually something that you had put kind of out there and you know as like almost an intention and then let it go and boom there it is (laughs) i count on magic you know i I, once you see it you can't unsee it and i was just talking to my friend about this at the roller rink and i told her this very story i'm going through the artist way by julia cameron i highly recommend it to anybody like to go through that book uh I, several times, you know, however many times it takes. It's really about just getting in tune with yourself and, you know, finding an authentic voice creatively. That's really what it's about. If you're blocked or if you're stuck or in a rut, it's a great book for that, but you don't have to be in a rut, right? Like it, it will, it will help you no matter where you're at just to be, yeah. dig a little bit deeper. And one of the exercises I, I do Tuesdays. So that's yesterday. I thought it was two days ago, but it's yesterday. 
uh, is like, write down something that you used to love to do, but you haven't done in a long time. And I wrote rollerblading. And because uh, <clears throat> I was pretty good on those things, man. You know, <laughs> I remember when they came out, they were so cool, you know, and everybody was on these, you know, old ratchet four wheeled like, yeah. trucks, you know, like kind of things. And I was like, man, rollerblading, that's what's up. Mighty Ducks came out. Yeah, man. We were all in my street with two hockey nets, full pads, everybody on rollerblades. It's the closest thing to the real thing, right? It was awesome. <laughs> Those were the days, man. I was pretty nervous driving up to that roller rink, though. I really, I, I thought I was going to walk in there, you know, and because uh, it looked like I was there to pick up my son or something. People look at me like weird, but there were a lot of people at the roller rink that were, you know, there was just a, a wide array, array of people. When we were in middle school, that was what we did. I remember. So I had like all these memories coming back, too. That's which cool, man. is it an added bonus maybe <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I count it i count it that way but there was some weird feelings too that pop up i i think it's about you know integration and and allowing that stuff to to work its way through you you know so it's not always going to be comfortable but it was awesome i wasn't bad you know i didn't bust my i, I fell once but um <laughs> but you is know, it kind of like riding a bike where you don't really ever forget your body is like it knows what to do and it wants to do more than what your body can currently do. Cause it used to, you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Slow yeah. Down. yeah. I did I that like... on a bike recently. I was uh, <laughs> with my buddy and he found some like badass spot down by the water or something like that. And I was just with him on a random day recently. And I had no idea we were doing this. He's like, yeah, get on this bike here. I'm like, Oh, okay. But it had been like, 10 years since I got on a bike and then we were riding through the woods. I'm like, Oh my God. And I felt like I, it was my first day back on a bike. I'm like, they lie after a certain <laughs> yeah. point, it takes a little bit. And then you remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind next time I get laid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've been kind of chatting randomly about like, secret society kind of stuff and i know that we're both kind of interested in that and i was curious where you kind of got your start into that like what was the first not like first conspiracy but in this kind of realm of things i know that you're interested in the same way i am into like the old history the the secret history the hidden shit what was your first foray or most important foray yeah, that would have been for me in 2012. And, you know, I charted kind of a long path, you know, I went into a lot of this history and stuff like that. Not a lot of not the stuff that's coming out now, which I know we want to talk about, but, you know, yeah. stuff about the education system, the Rockefeller, all that stuff, you know, and really held a lot of contempt for the institutions, uh, the systems, everything really about the world, which didn't help me at all. It just put me in a box you know, made me more fearful and angry at the world, which ultimately didn't afford me very much opportunity. So I had to snap out of that because it was in a really depressed sort of state. You know, there's uh, David Hawkins' map of consciousness is a really amazing model of like where we maybe find ourselves in a vibrational scale. Not that we don't ping pong around it like crazy because we fucking do, but like ultimately we also, I think, gradually move up and down on this sort of thing. And I was in a place where I was, I felt victimized and I was really depressed and um, doing a lot of research, literally living in my dad's basement. Um, but I would say 
a lot of the stuff that was really impactful for me uh, was John Taylor Gatto, uh, who wrote a lot of books. He was a teacher uh, and Richard Grove interviewed him on the ultimate history lesson. And that particular video series was incredible because th there's this just super charming and kind, sweet old man who is very well educated and very smart, just laying down history, all the things that we didn't really know about it. That was really a pivotal uh, one for me uh, personally, as far as like a specific, like whatever you want to call it, which is not a conspiracy at all, because all they were doing is talking about Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope, and talking about, you know, what really happened and how this country was founded and how the bankers came over and basically corrupted everything. And, you know, all the, yeah. the Jekyll Island thing, all of that stuff, you know, a lot of the financial stuff really kind of blew my mind when I understood what money was, what fiat currency is and how, you know, it's, we're basically being charged to use our own money. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, did you ever like browse through, uh, what the hell's the name of that book? Uh, Modern Money Mechanics. Oh, that's supposedly like one of the main, like the main like instruction manuals for how this whole system was going to be set up. It's mm. pretty crazy. It's pretty damning when you look into it. It's sinister, man. You know, even just knowing what I know, the little bit I know about it, you know, is just absolutely seething with, <laughs> with yeah, the, <laughs> the cruelest of intentions. It's just savage, man. Savage as fuck. Absolutely. But, um, but that was the stuff that really kind of got, because I didn't want to go Alex Jones. It was 2012, you know, I, I got into that a little bit, mm -hmm. but I had to get away from that. That was, I couldn't even do that. But I ultimately had to kind of, um, really, that's really what forced me to kind of into a spiritual sort of uh, seeking because I had to get out of that funk. There was just no, I, I wasn't myself anymore. I was super withdrawn from the world. And I feel for, so, I feel for anybody who has, has dealt with that or is dealing with that, you know, I kind of see our journey as kind of a three part incarnation where you destroy your old belief system. Then you have to kind of create a new one and use what I would consider. I would hope that you would add some positivity and things like that to that. And then opening up some space and really finding our real genuine voice with source or whatever you want to call that you know yeah man when i saw your your talk on that three part thing i mean i was like visualizing it the whole time like all of my memories from those phases and i feel it's weird how i feel like those three phases of like the awakening or the enlightenment or whatever you want to call it it's like they happen nine times a day as well. It depends on what scale you're on in that moment. If, sure. if you follow what I mean, it's like, you know, the, the, you put things more under a microscope in your life and you can see these kind of things happening often where like we have these little mini awakenings. It's, it's maybe it's, it's just evidence that it's a, an ongoing process and not just the aha moment, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know? I think that's very accurate, you know, and that's part of the fun, you know, too, yeah. you know, uh, the breadcrumbing, I would say of the universe. Good way to There's put it. Something about that. You know, if you've read the book, the alchemist, if, uh, anybody out there is listening, that's such a great book. That's just very illustrative of how the universe works and speaks 
Um, it's a fiction book, but I mean, what a, what it's a great uh, allegory to understand. Who wrote that one? Paulo Suelo. He's a Brazilian oh, guy. Okay. I think I've seen, I know what you're it, talking about. Yeah, I it's haven't a fiction, read it though. Yeah, it's a fiction book, but it's, I recommend it. That's a good one. You know, hey, a lot was, of times the fiction is, is more truthful than, than other stuff sometimes, you know, it's the best way to get it across in some ways. I, yeah, sometimes it, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's really fun to, to read it that way too. Cause I read a lot of, I'm, I narrate a bunch of, I've just finished the Dhammapada actually. I narrate right. a lot of uh, like, you know, nonfiction, audiobooks, self-help kind of stuff. So it's really nice to read something that's narrative once in a while. Yeah, man. How did you get into that anyway? I just started doing it. <laughs> oh, okay. So this wasn't something where you had to like get licensing or anything like that. You just kind of did it for like a free therapeutic kind of thing. I just started making audiobooks on YouTube because I didn't want to be really telling people how to live their life, but I had come across all these great books that I felt like would be really helpful and transformational for people if they did read them. So uh, I started reading them and just created them. And it took me a while before I started making like, you know, whatever it's called, uh, uh, talking head videos or whatever, because I mm -hmm. felt awkward about that. But um, ultimately, you know, I, I did just to kind of try to explain some of the concepts. But yeah, I just started making audiobooks because I thought they were important, you know, and um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started. And yeah, I've uh, seen you do them. I just assumed that like you had like deals going with all the authors or, or the publishers or something. I was like, oh, this guy's got it made. I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> I think there's a way to do that. Um, uh, and I think it's easier than ever. Like there's even like ACX, there's a couple other exchanges where you can build a profile. Oh, and cool. if someone publishes a book, of course it's on fucking Amazon. But if someone uh, publishes a book through Amazon then they can hire you know someone through that website and they can narrate the book and there's a couple other ones there's like voices.com there's several websites where you can put your voice and like just a few sample clips and all that kind of stuff so it, they're, oh, they're out there I'm that's just like sweet. I'm I'm just I don't know I'm just like the gorilla style guy and I make a <laughs> lot of stuff too for my clients like I'll make my clients audiobooks um yeah it sounds like you're doing it just purely to help and spread word which is great. Yeah, I, also, I also need to learn, you know, efficiency or maybe add a splash of uh, art onto it. I, hopefully I'll have some collaborations coming up with some like cool music and stuff in the back or something. I, I'm, I'm spicing things up back here. I'm, I'm cooking. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's always good to kind of spice things up and keep things going. I, it's like, I have a million ideas for, for this show, for the other show I'm doing. And it's just like, I don't have, I'm trying to find time. I'm trying to like, find pockets of, of time or something like that and expand them. And uh, I, I think now it's, I'm, I'm seeing it as like more of like a meditative process where I'm seeing that I have no time because that's just what I'm repeating to myself probably over and over again, maybe. I don't know. I mean, time <laughs> management is things. Ooh, time management's tough. I mean, I have a hard time with that, you know, it's like, and I can't schedule out pacing you know like <laughs> yeah. who writes that in their schedule you know oh but that'd be beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky man it is tough it's a lot to balance you know and i think that's what all this comes down to and i think we'll probably cover this a bit just chatting tonight you know it's like because i really do want to encourage people and inspire people but 
you know, even before we set off air, it's like, if there's a tornado coming, I want to know there's a tornado coming, you know, I don't want to just pretend like there's not. And there's so much toxic positivity in the spiritual sort of new age movement. But I also, my heart is to demystify all that shit. Because when I first like woke up, whatever, when I started watching history videos and all these things, I realized how stupid I was. And I was like, (laughs) my God, I am dumb. Like I remember watching, you know, something just, I had to accept the fact that I, everything I thought I knew was wrong, basically, you know, that was step one. And it, it hurt me. Like I I emotionally suffered a lot from that. Other people maybe don't as bad as, as I did, (laughs) but you know, um, I, I feel like it's important to take that step, but not become a just solid skeptic. After that, there is a force in the universe. There is something magical that's happening. I might've gone full on Ayn Rand objection, objectivist had I not had uh, grown up in the Pentecostal church and saw some shit that I just couldn't explain. Right. So I want to try and bring the mystical to as practical of and boil down simplified as possible, you know? And, uh, and that's really what my, I think my calling is or whatever purpose, uh, however, you know, people want to label that. I, I think you're doing a great job of it, man. And uh, I resonate with it big time because I mean, my background is in psychedelics and that's kind of my, that's been my path to all this. And it's such a bizarre experience yet it um, somehow fits in and relates to everything that I see. And it kind of gave me this, it gave me as above, so below before I had ever read the concept or knew who Hermes Trismegistus or anything was. (laughs) I had no interest in any of this stuff. So that was kind of my pathway into all of it. And ever since I've just been seeing how it's all related and yeah, it's been an interesting journey for sure, but it's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of dark night of the soul. And it's interesting too. I've only recognized that dark night of the soul thing years after it was you know it was happening way Mm -hmm. afterwards you know it's especially back when there was not a lot of there was not a big force on the internet to connect with at one time either so it was like if unless your group of friends were were getting woke to this stuff too which i mean even friends that were tripping with me you know weren't often having this level of experience i guess you could say Mm-hmm. it's it's weird maybe yeah i don't know but i don't know but, what what yeah what is the barrier there what, well, why can we come so far together but not see some <sighs> this this thing that you would like I, I don't know well you know it's like it always goes back to the individual right and and the past experiences we've had and what we've learned to just brush off or look away from i guess but i don't know that maybe that doesn't hold up because the psychedelic experience specifically is very good at taking those kind of people and slapping them right in the face and be like, no, 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 you're going to listen. There's no way out of this. <laughs> right. So it's, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. I think what happened to me, the more I learn about like outer body experiences and near death experiences, and I've heard it, I've heard it from a lot of people, the, usually the people that write about psychedelics or were revolutionaries about it are the ones that had like this kind of spiritual added additive of the experience you know maybe it was 
somehow we were meant to have that experience just like the near-death experiences and stuff like that you know even though our friends were doing the mushrooms with us they weren't sent to have that part i don't know that sounds a little glorious though (laughs) 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 a little too glory a little too indiana jones (laughs) excalibur what other ones (laughs) sword in the stone the hero's path you know that's what it was was it's the hero's path that we all like encounter i think right that we all that wakes us up and gets us ready to rock and gets us digging into tartaria and and all this ancient shit that we're we're interested in i'm so So, interested in it man i'm i'm super curious about it because i i I don't even know what reality is still (laughs) even after eight years so anything else is just i guess just icing on top of icing at this point right yeah man i mean yeah exactly like i used to say that you could fill into any argument at any point listen we can't even 100 percent prove that we're here right now so maybe we should just calm down (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and take the trading of Drew Bledsoe a little less seriously or Absolutely, dude. That's so well, that's so well said. I can <laughs> so speaking of the Tartarus and all that, yeah. What what's your perspective on on Tartary? I mean, I know that it's I mean, right now I would say there's limited perspectives because it's new information which is bizarre and kind of bothersome to me but what's your take on how how you heard about tartaria and yeah what's your feelings towards it it is amazing i i just there's so there's so much information coming out and of course you don't know what to believe what's fake what's not what's the troll what's this what's that there's no telling you know uh the rabbit hole goes you know so freaking deep um but I am super into it. I actually got into it via a flat earth documentary mm. and it's uh, it was this guy, Iwaranon. It's super long. He's got two of them that I've seen. Oh, and guess uh, what? There's yeah. another two hours that just came out. I know exactly oh, what you're talking about. There's nice. a six hour an eight hour. Yep. And now apparently he put out a, another two hours. It's amazing the stuff, the connections that he was making in there. I, I've never, and you know, I've, I've, I'm not too crazy on Clubhouse, but I'm on there a bit, you know, just because like I like to hear what, what people are scuttlebutting about, especially <laughs> in this realm. And there's some good rooms in there where people are talking about preparedness and helping people wake up, frankly. Um, so I'll, I'll hop in there from time to time. And I like to hear what other people are talking about and conspiracies and you know conjecture and uh, ideas and you know the more outrageous in a way the more entertaining and fun it can be all this stuff used to be a lot more fun (laughs) when it was so far away right comedy is distance and (laughs) it's like the lizard people stuff is getting more frightening the more i joke about it (laughs) Right. <laughs> well be careful you might write down something about the lizard people and then they just like the next day you know you show up at the roller rink and they're there they, you. you know what I mean? velociraptors on, on four right. wheels <laughs> that's right dude <laughs> but uh but oh. it's so interesting to me because i see a lot of evidence just in my little town that that is things that don't make sense. Like we've definitely been lied to about some of the dates, like the Arc de Triomphe was built in what, like 1836 to eight. 
whatever, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't buying that. Or, you know, like somehow before the drill was invented, you know, there's just so many things. It, it, what it did to me was it made me, it opened up more questions than it did answers, even though he was making all these connections. But I've heard people talk about some of the biblical history and some of the other ancient history and roll that stuff up too. So I don't know. I mean, I have a couple of theories, um, but I don't know. I mean, I can throw shit out there just for funsies. But. That's the whole point, right? Because just like you said, like a Warrenon or however he goes, whatever he goes by, like he makes some intense connections that it's kind of those situations where you're like, well, shit. And you try to find the alternative. You're like, well, wait a minute. That can't. Oh man, like the stuff he talked about with uh, the crystalline, like everything was silicon, silicon, silicone yeah. before it was uh -huh. carbon, like that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, okay, well, if you look into some of this, it's exactly what geologists kind of suggest. And he's making a lot of interesting connections, but you can kind of treat it like ancient aliens, right? When I watched ancient aliens, it was usually to just kind of take the word alien off of the end of George Sukulos' sentence and just put a big question mark because everything that they were highlighting was always important. These are all pieces to the puzzle. We all are possibly personalizing our take on it without trying to, you know what I mean? So who knows what order we may have things a little little off you know right yeah i often say that like in the movies you see the foreshadowing you know the audience is supposed to kind of know where things are going but it's it never looks the way that they set it up to look so it still remains fresh and reality does that too it seems <laughs> yeah and i mean the more more information that comes out the more i can see a case for history repeating itself in several of these resets, you know what I mean? Happening mm. for now. And I mean, some of the stuff that he presents in there is just all too creepy, man. It's just like, it just, you know, makes your neck hair like pop up and stuff. It's like, ah, that's such a good, such a good question. <laughs> you know, how do so, you feel about the inclusion or almost like the foundation of those films being flat earth? I don't know that it's even relevant to the rest of it. You know, like I don't fit otherwise. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm interested in flat earth, really. I've seen a lot of David Weiss's work on it uh, and a couple other presenters that I thought they brought some really good points up. And so I'm certainly open to it. I like the fact that people are asking questions still like that's that's should be more than allowed. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely. that should be encouraged and <laughs> cheered for like, yes, that's how we make new discoveries and, you know, create amazing uh, solutions to problems. Anyway, I'll, mm. I'll step off the soapbox, but <laughs> hey, hey, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's if it even matters to me, it's never mattered. I, th I thought it was interesting. It's a great way for me to like, to some people, it really matters. And I'm not trying to take that away from them. I'm not saying that it's not important. And that's maybe part of what they need to be sharing. But for me, I'm the, I'm the white pill last rabbit hole guy. That's what I'm trying to do, you know, and just try to make it as simple as possible and, uh, and try to boil everything down and make all this woo-woo shit you know, accessible and, and practical and usable in real time, you know? So 
for my purposes, it doesn't matter if the earth is flat or round or hollow or pizza shape. It doesn't really matter to me. I do think it's interesting and I love everyone's work on it. It's super curious how a lot of this shit gets banned. I don't think it matters, you know, how somebody starts asking questions, just fucking start asking some questions, you know, just ask why, what is this shit, you know, just just start the, the, the process. And then it just like, I think it, it will ultimately just start unraveling. So if it's flat earth, like I shared that with a friend of mine and just almost as a joke, you know, but she was an open-minded person. So she was like far out, you know, right. she's like, where, where is it? I was like, it's on the back of a turtle, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's some sort of cracking underneath that or something. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Uh, it's going to crack open and it's going to eat the world. It's, it's crazy. Matter. But don't worry. It's not going to happen for a while. <laughs> but I mean, there's definitely something to the Antarctica thing, you know, the mm. North pole thing, not being able to go to these places. I don't know if there's a giant you know, black magnetic rock at the North Pole. And that's where the entrance to the Taurus field of the earth is. Maybe, I mean, it's possible, sure. (laughs) You know, the silicon thing. And that's really interesting to me because it would somehow explain some of the shit that's ancient, like the the giants and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which is bizarre. And carbon being the the thing that has like a, six protons six neutrons and six electrons that explaining that whole thing like the carbon bit i'm like man that is just all too all too convenient and creepy and weird you know it yeah. definitely made some connections that blew my mind I convenient is a is an interesting word there and i would use it as well because a lot of this stuff it feels like we're on information overload these days and sure i think we could speak to the accessibility of information, which is a good thing. But at the same time, the accessibility for like bad actors to like throw shit in that's not real or it's 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 a circus now. Mm-hmm. And to me, and I I can imagine you might have a similar take on this. I've been kind of thinking on a spiritual level, because I really do believe in this kind of Russian doll fractal scale invariance of reality that on one level we have these sinister bad guys right and they're locking us down in our homes and all that but also it looks like the universe is personifying something to tell us to go inside Mm. to go within Mm -hmm. and i just think it's an interesting it 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 pisses some people off when I, when I talk about it, because they're like, well, what at least we have to destroy these people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But maybe it's, it's more than just that level, you know, maybe that's just the gross physical. I think, you know, that's something too, that I'm like really passionate about. I was really why I started making uh, videos with my face on it. Cause (laughs) uh, you know, I really wanted to get the idea that where attention goes, energy flows. And so many people who are fighting against whatever that is, I don't care. It doesn't matter your cause, their cause. If you're fighting against something, you're reinforcing it. You know, it's like, these are the things that don't work. We have to use our attention in a constructive manner. If you're destructing something, you're actually adding to it. It's like the nothing in the never ending story. You know, you're just radiating fucking energy at this terrible, awful thing. Look at last year and tell me I'm wrong about that. You know what I'm saying? All it does is just 
continue to erode the cause that you really believe in. You can't be anti something. It doesn't work. It's impossible. You have to be for a cause. Otherwise, I mean, you're just fucking shit up. You're just making a mess. You're just, you know, destroying things with, with no, with no way to take those pieces and reconstruct them. So, you know, something that I'm really passionate about is, you know, talking to people who are like, look, look what they're doing. And it's like, it's true. Yeah, they're doing that. I, I see the tornado. There's a shelter over here, you know, uh, or we should maybe build one if there's not, you know what I right. mean? Like, I'll put the lights on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have all the answers to like, as you said earlier, it's like, we don't have to know all the answers. That's okay. That's why we have a community. That's why we say, hey, look, there's a tornado coming. And then we bounce that off of somebody else and somebody else, you know, people are smart. They're clever. They have reasons for being, they have, you know, uh, clever skills and stupid human tricks that, you know, can, that can, you know, continue. I think um, the universe is living too. And I think that the universe does have a will that is loving, you know? Um, And I think one of the things that a friend of mine said, who's kind of a shaman to me actually, is that if there was no, if there was a such thing as unconditional love, it would have to be tested, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because <laughs> wow, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. But, you know, and you hear it all the time and it's kind of cliche. There's no bad or good if the good to overtook the bad. But in that context, it maybe makes a little bit more sense to understand, look, if you, if it's your job, and in my opinion, I could reduce it all down. It's our job to learn what unconditional love is. That's why we're having a human experience. That's my opinion, whatever. Um, But in order to do that, it has to be a real test. You know what I mean? There's there, they couldn't be a fake test for that. It would have to be legitimate. And I think that's, that's the pickle and maybe you know maybe we come here for this particular experience i don't know i haven't ever done past life stuff that's something Mm -hmm. that i'm going to do soon um you know i've been working on this life there's a lot of work to do with this one (laughs) right (laughs) but you know i'm gonna incorporate that there's people you know that i'm networked with that can help me with that and i'm just waiting for kind of the right time but i think all of this stuff it just it it all it's like the Kabbalion, I guess, you know, you can't separate, you can't separate anything from the all it's all part of it. Mm -hmm. And we have to navigate it and, uh, and understand this, this sort of plight, you know, like Max Egan talks a lot about it too. I like his work a lot. Yeah. He's brilliant. And G Edward Griffin too. He said as much like a few months ago when I was depressed and in bed, and I was watching a union of the unwanted and I was sitting there and I was just like, ah, this is the worst, uh, blah, blah. And I was very much in a victim, you know, look what they're doing to us mentality. And, uh, and I was really bummed out, man. Like when this shit hit, I, I definitely hit, hit, a, <laughs> hit another like low. Cause I knew what was coming after all the fucking research I was, I did back, right. you know, years and years ago. But G. Edward Griffin said this was an opportunity, that it was a catalyst for us as a community to begin to, to 
create our own systems and do our own things and step away from um, these other systems. And I think he's exactly right. Uh, and I've seen it happen, you know, maybe more slowly than what I want, but the universe only works in its time. And like Emerson said, nothing ever happens too early or too late. So yeah. get used to that shit. Mm. But like, <laughs> you know, um, I'm seeing it happen because I'm sitting here talking to you and had this whole thing not happened and transpired in reality, I, I don't know that I would be doing that. My whole life would be completely different. I would be doing something else and probably selling out to Hollywood, working on TV shows or whatever. Yeah, I'd probably be doing nothing but work and, and home and wondering why I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Because hmm. honestly, <laughs> and I know that a lot of people have had a lot of hard time through all this. And I, I consider myself very lucky. And I know I'm not alone either that had um, a lot of good come out of this time period. And I think sharing that and more of us sharing that is a good thing because it really kind of highlights what we can do when we kind of have some contemplation and perturbed experiences. Like, you know, I brought up psychedelics as I always do. Um, that's a perturbed form of, of conscious experience. You know, it perturbs your normality to the point where you have to look at things differently. And that's literally what happened on a civilization level. And I like to kind of see it that way as it's at that as above, so below, right? It's the individual needs that deep dive back into all the past secrets that you've built scary monsters around in walls and you have to tear those monsters down. And I think maybe on a cultural level, maybe that's why we're digging into our past so hard, more than just in, you know, little pockets of, you know, subcultures like, like we've been a part of for so long, but it's, it's growing. And I don't think that that's just my naive bias, you know? It feels like it's really growing in that sense. And maybe it's because we're all really needing to do that deep digging as a society. I love that. I honestly, like just over here tapping, like, come on, let's, you know, <laughs> let's go, let's go. Cause I, I love it. I love sharing this stuff. I love talking about it. I love working with people. I love people, you know? And so it's, I'm an introvert, but I love people. That's Me it's too, kind of man. funny, but um. <laughs> like, I, I want to, I want to be home most of the time, but I love yeah. talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm here. I want to be a resource. I know there's a lot of other people who do, and, you know, I want to encourage anybody like that. You, you can live a life that you're happy with. Like, you know, no matter, no matter what's going on, who's doing who, you know, I mean, whatever over here, that's going to just be a thing. And we do have to come together and, and do our own thing. And I, I think that's maybe part of our chat, our, ch our charge or challenge or whatever this thing is, we'll figure it out. You know, this is how like what I would call outer intention or would work or like the will of the divine, you know, it's not something that's hurried or it's not something that's like, so specifically strategy, you know, I mean, not that having a strategy is bad, but it's a combination of, it's a balance. It's, it's, it's movement, uh, it's intention. And then it's making decisions through like this alternative flow of options that we get as we 
navigate forward, you know? So I love that we're all being a part of this process and using each other as resources, you know, how smart of Mark, for instance, to put us together in the, um, in the alt media United thing. Absolutely. Really love that dude. It's, it's been great. Cause like, I'll just reach out to somebody and I know that we're on the same page about some stuff. So I can just, you know, shout at them and have them on a show or vice versa, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I love, I love that the community has come together and I'm seeing like more like panel shows and stuff like that. It's fucking awesome. Oh man. There's so much fun. And I, I say it, I usually say it on those panel shows that I host. It's like, my favorite part is watching at the end when everyone's like, Hey, can I get your email? And yeah. Oh dude, I'd love to have you on. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Matchmaker. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just feels good, you know? And I, I think that's, it's cool because we're all the buzz is that we got to like do this more in person too. So totally. we got to put our, totally. put our money where our, you know, mouths are because it's like, we've been cooped up, you know, whether it's just from our normal lives and this is a good way to communicate or because of the lockdowns and all this shit. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it is definitely about time to kind of put our money where our mouths are and show the, the people that, that we, that, that hear us and watch us that we can do this in person. If we want to, we can go wherever we want and we can get together and we can, we could talk about these things without screens. And I think, and this has been a, a recent theme that's coming up a lot that doing it in person, like, you know, for real is, is it cannot be taken for granted. Like it's the most important form of communication. And, and maybe it's on my mind because I've been uh, researching box saga. It's all about a tradition that's handed down orally. And part of the story is that, you know, the evil kind of seeped in once the black ink hit white paper. Mm. Like that's kind of a metaphor that's in there. It's really interesting. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That is so fascinating. Yeah, I, I was I was tagging along when you were exposing that stuff. And it's like, <laughs> man, that is fascinating to me. It's like that. Like, I'd never heard of that before. Like, that's some new history shit, too. It seems dude. Like. Yeah, for me, too. Honestly, I mean, I've been in it for like a few months, six months now. And, and it's I can't wait for the new podcast I'm doing with Dan and, and Yake. Cause it's just, it's going to blow the doors up my mind too. I mean, we're all kind of learning more and more as we've been talking about here. What, let me get your take on this about all the cool history stuff. I've been following like Graham Hancock for like 20 years, love his work, love his books. And I love his phrase. Shit keeps getting older. And now we got like all this contracting time and tartaria what do you make of that weird dichotomy do you see that as what do you see that as oh, i don't even know i don't even know how <laughs> yeah i because i mean all this stuff you know like new things just keep coming to light 
all the time. And I was just blown away with any of this because I had never, and some of it's so obvious too, you know, like that's the stuff that gets me is like, how did I never ask this question? You know, like whatever that winds up being, but, or even, I don't know, man, that's a, that's, I, I don't have an answer either. It's unreal. It's weird. It, It almost feels, part of me feels like, is this the Hegelian dialectic? Is this yeah, somehow yeah. A, a red versus blue, like kind of they're going to start developing a way to pit people against each other over this? Like, no, we're really old. No, we're really young. And it's a lie. And it's I don't know. Maybe that's just me projecting into that negative space, though. <laughs> well, I mean, we do see the factions and stuff. And that does happen, which is a shame because I think we should really try to focus on more on what we have in common. But I mean, it's, I think it's natural too. I understand a little bit of more about group dynamics through some of the spiritual stuff that I've studied. I certainly hadn't perfected it yet, but, uh, but I've learned a lot uh, through experience. And, you know, there, there, there are things that we do as a group. We don't even realize it's very subconscious. It's like embedded in our behavior. The author Vadim Zeland calls it pendulums. Uh, other people yeah other people have different ways uh frederick dodson calls it waves uh and even the kabbalion is rhythm you know Mm -hmm. and so we get like sort of hypnotized really through these different scripts in life and we react and we react you know when you're in a big group you're you're keying off the charge that's in that group whatever that feeling is that's why people do shit that's way out of character for them in a group start breaking windows and shit but you know they're but they're totally a good person. They're influenced by an energy. It's, it's, it's influential. It's, it's powerful. It's not, it's not nothing, you know, there's not nothing there. There's, there's an energy there. It's, it's collectively created, I believe through attention by choosing all the people in that group, they choose their energy all radiates at a certain frequency as a result of that. And, and then it's a give and take from there, you know, like they, they are resonating at this frequency and this, and they're basically just, doing its bidding right like it's a script it's basically like a script where you know this thing happens and the reaction is this you know and and it's it's really almost automatic it's totally subconscious um dude you just have my hair just stood up because i had an experience on acid with a few friends one time where it felt like we were going through a script we were just hanging out just happened to be on acid but like for the most part it was just a typical friday night where we would do very typical things and maybe it was just the acid but it so felt like the three of us were hyper aware of every step we took it's like okay now we're yep now it says we do this right we've done this a million times before haven't we been here before it was just a very repetitive process and you start kind of can see those patterns yeah it's like you have to choose out of the script where there's almost an expected reaction right like it's 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 provocation reaction like right into that trap and that's what we do so often if we're not you know, aware and watching out for that, because like, that's how energy works. It's how you like, you wind up giving your energy out. 
because you don't have like strong like a strong guardian or whatever uh and and if and if you're not like sort of like as it talks about in the Kabbalion, like the the higher up you go the the less the swing is so like you can observe it and then at that point like you can be like oh i see what's happening here and then if you act in a different way that's not according to the script you keep your energy and then you 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 know you do something different, and that can be something funny too. That's why I love comedy. It's part of the reason I love comedy so much is because if you do something unexpected and silly, that's unexpected. You know, like if you're in a situation, think of any social situation where someone's shaming someone or something, and then they fart or they make a funny joke <laughs> right at the in a, in an inappropriate time. The all that energy is quashed. You know, it's just gone. It's sucked right. out. <laughs> You know, anything like that, just understanding like it's push comes to shove, push comes to shove. That's the, that's what we're, when we're asleep and we're just like going to the rhythm of it, we're in that pendulum or wave or whatever. And it's like, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. But all, all it takes is to just, you know, sort of sidestep a little bit, do a little bit of something different, just being more observant and aware and, and stingy with our attention, frankly. Damn right. I like to focus on the idea that our phrase paying attention is taken for granted often. We're paying our attention. And that's a big thing. As soon as I heard that from my shaman friend, I have a shaman friend too. I got to check on, I got, you reminded me, I got to check on him. I haven't talked to him in a few months. Shout out to, to Bucks Mulder. But um, he, uh, he would told me that and it immediately gave me that that visualization in my head like oh my god what have i been paying my i'm in so much debt <laughs> like i am so spiritually broke what has happened <laughs> i have been playing far too much doom <laughs> a little yeah, bit man. of doom's okay though yeah no it is, it is no no you got to have your recreation time ways to you know I think shadow self is fun to play with, right? Oh, dude, totally. I think it's fun to, you know, do something, especially, I think it's probably more harmful to hook into a news cycle, right? And energetically get sucked into that. And then now you're manifesting that because we're just manifesting machines, you know, or you just play this game that's not real. You know, it's not real. You have an emotional experience and enjoy it. There's no harm done there. You haven't created anything in the world that's fucking shitty, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, CNN. Oh my God, today. <laughs> I can't even. Was it about the deer? <laughs> I saw was that the one? <laughs> I saw a few different headline changes today. It was pretty funny. Jeez. I saw one about a deer and it said, like, deer identified as, uh, you know, spreader of COVID, whatever. And yes, it's ridiculous on its face, but I read it the wrong way. I took it as a deer out in the woods, just a deer, has identified itself (laughs) as a COVID spreader. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's weird. (laughs) And I I didn't blink. I was just like, oh, deer are identifying themselves now. Okay. Sure. (laughs) And I just like, yeah, that's something we would see that we're giving deer the permission to identify as different things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know, it it takes a minute to wrap you. But it's cool that you said that about like kind of doing something spontaneous back to that thing, because uh, 
I do this thing wherever I experience deja vu, I go out of my way to just go do something immediately that I wasn't going to be doing over the next two to five minutes. Seriously, like I was at work one time and I had massive deja vu and I knew I'd be sitting on this computer doing this thing for about another 15 minutes. So I just got up and left my work and went over to my, the other department and struck up a conversation with the four people over there that I was friends with. Hadn't seen them for a few hours. And I was like, I'm going to do that because I bet something good will come of this. And hmm. sure enough, it was a great conversation that led into something. And hey, who knows? Who knows what I might have changed? Because maybe the deja vu is like a glimpse into another time we were here or something i don't know yeah it's interesting i love i love that so i haven't heard your uh interpretation of it but i like it that's interesting for me i've always thought well maybe it could be like confirmation that you're like in the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. but i like that idea to like scramble it it reminds me of um there was this uh i I can't remember what it's called now god it's been a couple years but it was like this thing you downloaded on your phone somehow I found it on reddit and it like made you go all to these different places that where you would yeah. normally not go to yeah i can't remember uh, what it was called but it was fucking hell yeah. yeah i can't remember either but whatever I, and that was interesting and cool and i got i got the gist of that like this is to challenge determinism right like this is to sort of put ourselves in a place that you know we wouldn't otherwise be and of course you can always make the argument circular but whatever it was fun okay i enjoyed it spiral (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think maybe kind of the same pitch with that you know is uh it could be cool to kind of break up and do something sort of unexpected to see if that shifts some stuff around in the sort of gluey timeline because i do believe in timelines like i interpret it not this woo woo way really you know what i mean or i don't know maybe it is woo woo it depends on your definition but let me hear it yeah i mean i, I try to um well i mean I, we're all here you know what i'm saying like some people just think they're the only one here and shit i, I don't i don't know i think that's such a toxic belief anyways even the whole npc thing which i'll be honest i've seen some evidence for mm-hmm. i still can't allow myself to just like to, to label anybody any differently or any of that kind of stuff. Even if you do, even if you are running a script, like you still have free will as far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but you know, the timeline thing, it's kind of like the vibrational scale thing too. You know, I think there are m- multiple infinite timelines and anything ultimately is possible th- in the mind of the creator. It's not all possible to manifest all of it. I mean, I guess maybe it is right, but it wouldn't be very easy. You know, let's just right. say those are the masters, right? Those are all our fictional crazy right. masters that can do all that. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe those are gods that, you know, they've won this game or whatever they've gone on or this, I don't know, whatever, but <laughs> returning like- champions to Donkey Kong. <laughs> High scores. <laughs> but I think there's like stacks, right? Like there's these stacks and uh, one way to think about it is uh, the book Tufty the Priestess. Uh, she says like uh, there are infinite film roles. There are infinite film role archives in the in the you know in the other side in the dream world. They're synonymous, and that blew my cap off when I realized, holy shit, the dream world and God's mind are the same fucking thing. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. Um, 
that definitely changed things. <laughs> but it made me also realize like that if anything is possible, then it already exists. So you don't have to necessarily, it kind of, it kind of helps a, you do a little bit of a mental trick where it's like, well, I don't have to create all this stuff, do all these things. And this has, it's like, dude, it already exists. So if it already exists, I don't have to be responsible for making it a real thing. So I just have to get to it. I just have to get to the place where it does exist. And so timeline jumping or whatever, I just visualize like all these different film roll stacks on top of each other and there are slight variances between each one they're very slight but as you kind of go up uh or down you know in these film roll archives you're jumping timelines and the shifts are really subtle but if you pay attention you will notice shit and you're like what the fuck how is that even possible that wasn't there that wasn't like that before like little weird things Strangely, uh, that's been my experience, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, that's just how I've viewed things. But it's really subtle. It's not something that's like, you're going to poof, and I, then I disappear to some other <laughs> timeline. And now, you know, I'm in another dimension. No, right. suddenly the Eiffel Tower is in Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> all things are possible. We're manifesting one solid reality together collaboratively as a, as a, you know, uh, you know, whatever we are, human we're collapsing being. the wave function for those exactly. that like quantum physics. The exactly right. When if people are familiar with the double slit experiment, but kind of just saw it from the sciencey side of it, which is still fascinating, the implication is that we are that we are collapsing that wave function on a mass scale, and we are taking that infinite possibility and funneling it down into. I guess we could say consensus reality, but shout out yeah. to Brandon from Expanding Reality Podcast. I just had him on on a big roundtable about psychedelics, talking about how consensus reality is over. You know, it's all it's it, that's a, a flawed term or concept at this point, and we can kind of move on from it. But I'm starting to think ever since you said that, I've been thinking, I wonder if maybe a consensus reality is actually what we're all subconsciously striving for together. We're hmm. trying to actually get to a consensus reality. And maybe right now, I don't know, what do you think of this? It's so chaotic right now. And so many things like we've said are like, seemingly possible in a parallel way, but they don't align with one another, flat, round, all this kind of thing. Hmm. I, I don't know how to frame that as a question, but what do you think of that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, at this point, you know, I think there's evidence for most theories, you know, like whatever yeah. it is that you're going to, and I think like what manifesting is, is using confirmation bias to your advantage, basically, right? Like in a, in a positive way, we're always manifesting. Like, and I do, I would, I would still, I, I would like to hear what he has to say about consensus reality, but like one of my favorite writers ever is Robert Anton Wilson. And some of the stuff that he talks about, I think is like fucking phenomenal. Like I, he's the most brilliant mind, like mind, uh, mm -hmm. or at least, you know, he's been one of the most influential. I would I agree. Love his but like, so the consensus stuff, I think there's an element of that, right? It's not that we can sense it's uh, reality, like, you know, whatever gravity or density, we didn't consensus mm. that, you know what I mean? That's, that's objective. That is, a th but you know, the way that we perceive the world and the way that we build the world and the filter that we perceive it through how our culture is defined, all that's consensus, mm. whether I wipe with my left hand and shake with my right, whatever, all that stuff is agreed upon. 
you know, and I think there's more power to that than a lot of people give credence to, you know, it's like, if we all are radiating our vision toward one thing, then that thing becomes very possible and likely. And there may be some things that try to stop us and all that kind of stuff, because that stuff's real too. It's not some magical incubator where we like fucking radiate and like, oh, look, everything's perfect, you know? <laughs> like wind up in a rainbows, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. I feel like that the only real perfect place is probably when that place within that you find and, and that's where that stillness, I, I find stillness there, stillness and silence, which is weird because, you know, you always hear about like, a, you always hear about like, almost like sci-fi adventures that we're all going to go on after we die or something. And it, to me, the, the weird experiences I've had have kind of made me wonder if it's really any experience to be defined at all in that space and it gets me questioning whether our perception is really how far off is it from our perspective right now I'm like is this supposed to be eternity where we are now and we're just seeing it the wrong way i mean i think the eastern mystics would make that argument you know like a lot of the you know uh a lot of the stuff that's buddhist or uh, hindu you know like it's 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 about experiencing just this moment and the essence of 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 what that is i think there's a lot of power in presence i think it's also overhyped like someone like eckhart tolle who's like just be here now you know don't do right. anything else and i think it's i don't think it's just be here now don't do anything else i think it is yes be here now but now you can create because if you're not present, you can't fucking create with your own will. You're just creating the script. You're just a yeah. fucking sleep character now. Blah, 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 blah. And you're just stimulus response, stimulus response. But once you can become present and control your own mind, now you have the power to consciously create. And especially if there's other people, now you have the opportunity to consciously collaboratively create uh, or whatever you know whatever you want to do fucking hell you're god your farts are holy you know what i mean it's great <laughs> i know and it's like we're yeah we're a part of that whole but we are also the whole and we're also the part and it's like we play all of those roles it's unbelievable and then you can step outside of it and watch that whole process and we're still that perspective as well the one that like you go well wait what's this then the universe just like winks at you and you're like ah <laughs> <laughs> or it's like you know dogma where a lot of more set answers uh you know why are we here she's just like <laughs> like walks away it's like oh <laughs> yeah i guess you know and it, i don't I, <laughs> I don't know we're kind of way off the the guardrails here but um we were going to talk about you know secret societies but i think this is much more uh prevalent uh, and yeah. what we're talking about now is clearly resonating with both of us. And uh, I watched a recent video that you made about the the process that we all go through when someone wakes up to their illusions or the process of enlightenment or whatever, whatever we're calling it this week. You know, and I really I just first of all, I wanted to say thank you. And I want to commend you for that work, because I feel like that's something that so many people 
deserve to have access to that roadmap that reassures them that they can say, okay, I'm not alone. And, and this is expected. This is to be expected. And maybe this is what can come next. I have light at the end of the tunnel here. I'm not crazy. And you even yeah. say it in that video that, you know, you wish you had had help here. I wish I had help, had help here. And I'm going, amen, brother. And my <laughs> wife is saying the same thing. She's going, yep, yep, to everything. So I would love to talk about that and, and, and let my listeners hear that, you know? Yeah. Um, man, it's just, it's just such a crazy roller coaster. And like I said earlier, man, we still don't know what reality is. We just, I can't tell you, we have models, but that's why I love Robert Anton Wilson so much too, is because he's like, yes. dude, the menu is not the meal. The map is not the territory. I'm like, yes, all of that, because that's how we, that's how we get into these, um, little, uh, pockets, you know, and these factions or whatever. It's like people start arguing over stuff, but it's like, dude, it's a model. It's all a model. If we can just Only understand <laughs> that, you know, and sovereignty, just, we just, all we have to agree on is sovereignty, you know, and then the suitcase can come open and, you know, and we can, we can, you know, kind of sort things out and whatever, it doesn't matter. I think it's all on the table, you know, really at that point. Um, but yeah, as far as the waking up, pro I mean, it's just, I, I want to reassure people because I do wish I would have had somebody. I felt so alone when, you know, I went through, I don't know what else to call it. I'll just call it waking up process. Um, you know, and enlightenment, I don't know. I don't think you even get enlightenment by reaching, reaching for it. And that's almost this uh just really like grasping elusive. at water right yeah exactly it's just as really elusive anyway but as far as i would say knowing yourself individuation um you know self-awareness cultivating a, a sense of identity i think all of that is really tied together and i think each and every one of us has really a, a unique map we can just even look at like fingerprints or whatever that we are each completely unique and different there's not another one like us, which is a fucking miracle. I look in the sky, the clouds are never going to look like what they look like right now, whatever that is. And that blows my mind every single time, you know, and uh, I want everybody to be able to fulfill what they believe their purpose to be. And if you don't believe that you have a divine purpose, then we can go the postmodern route and you can make it up. So it doesn't matter to me, it's six and one, but I think that it's a really powerful tool to have to ground yourself and have a bit of a sort of mission statement, let's say for yourself. It's been something that helped me out so much. Like when I got out of school in 2008, I didn't know what I wanted to do. We just, I just, I just ruined a whole band with a relationship <laughs> that I was in Aww. and uh, it was classic, bro. Classic. Talk about uh, script, but um, <clears throat> you know, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just, tried all these different things thinking that 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 would fulfill my purpose that would make me feel fulfilled like i had a reason like a raft guide ski instructor adventure instructor outdoor educator tree farm owner operator you know uh, festival uh, worker tv producer you know comedian whatever you know all that stuff i've tried so many things thinking that i would somehow find a role in society that would fulfill me. And lo and behold, every job sucks. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, it's who you do the job with, I think, uh, more than the job itself. But I think that we have 
a purpose that really, and it sounds like it's going to be limiting and pigeonhole us, but I think that once you kind of identify what your purpose is, it's something that you can put into any role or function in physical reality, whatever container you can bring your essence to that thing. Right. And so I think that's really what it's about. So through Ikigai, it's like a Japanese, um, ancient Japanese idea for finding your reason for, for being, uh, that's like a lot of kind of what my attention and focus has gone toward, because I feel like that's what's really helped propel me, especially in the moments when I was like, fuck, you know, I feel overwhelmed, tragedy strikes, whatever happens. And I'm like, fuck, you know, what do I have, you know, other than my virgin butthole, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Maybe it's not virgin, but I, for the sake of this, we're not that deep on the deep share podcast yet. <laughs> yeah. That's for like an hour or two. It doesn't exist yet. <laughs> In hour two, we go deep inside Bootsy's butthole. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody wants to do that. Well, some of my ex-girlfriends really wanted to get their finger up. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I really think I'm, you know, we are here for this time. We are here for this. If this was something we chose before, which makes sense, that's plausible. Um, then I would have fucking been like, yeah, dude, let's do the fucking 10 out of 10. I'm the enthusiast. I want to go fucking hard, you know, and be here for such a crazy transitional uncertain time. And no matter what, you know, like our parents were wrong about everything. Our grandparents were wrong. They were all fucking wrong. So there's nothing but in uncertainty. So yeah. it's our, it's our job. We got to get used to being in uncertainty or else I don't know if anything, you know, that's like a, that's like a, a skill. I think you need to have to, to really start getting to the point where you feel like you have control. It's like we come into the world and I think as kids, maybe we already are tuned in to abilities that, you know, ultimately are burned out of us by a culture, society, whatever, but we naturally have those and intuit them and then we disregard them. And then we come back in and start to open up and notice that we, we can control reality. We were just trying to do it the wrong way before. It's like having the uh, video game controller, but the, but it's to the wrong console and the one that you're <laughs> that's on the screen right here, you're pushing on the buttons, but nothing's working. You know, you don't have the right remote control. So, you know, that's really where I want to focus because I don't think it has to take, you know, three years or maybe it wasn't three years. I'm being hyperbolic, but like maybe uh, I'd say a year, 18 months of just absolute bone crushing depression. Uh, I think that you can really shorten that, you know, from the beginning part and say, hey, look, you know, we've all learned this. Take some time. You got to go through the five stages of grief. Otherwise, you're not truly healing but yeah. it's okay you know you know we're gonna we're gonna equip you with some tools that you can use and you'll start to see some changes in your reality you know it's like there's so much discombobulated information and we really are overwhelmed that sometimes we just have to sit down and and make a, a very clear commitment to ourselves that we're going to work through one model all these different models of reality they're all great but I think it's important to start with one, you know, after you've deconstructed, you start, you've deconstructed, then you have to reconstruct your mind. It's important to uh, view the world in a positive manner, just seeing that 
positive attitude affects other people around you and makes you notice opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't if you were literally walking around like this. It's very practical. Um, but building and cultivating, you know, your, your, your mind and your ability to kind of, you know, uh, have that observer, that sort of, um, uh, inner watcher that's like, nope, you know, like <laughs> very, mm -hmm. very consciously cultivating that, um, that view of the world because we get to build it. And that's really what creating reality is. We get to build our own view of the world. And then that view is reflected back to us by physical reality itself. And, uh, and so I think it, it is possible to sort of shorten this time, you know, that it would normally take to kind of go through all this and having a network, having people, I mean, God, that would have been incredible. And then having, you know, somebody take a bunch of information, and just compress it and be like, here, here's the sort of layout, right? You know, here's what, <laughs> like, and it's always changing. Like we've been talking about. It is. It's a, it, I like the Eastern mystic, mysticism aspect of it, where it's, it's an ever unfolding lotus flower where the details continue to become more and more detailed. It's, it's unreal, but I think what you're kind of saying is let's give people a way to focus on the through line, regardless of the, the different shades of gray that we come in contact with during this process, because at the end of the day, regardless of the worldview, like I, I, that's why I wanted to have David Weiss on a while back was because his end point is, Oh, there's some kind of force that's trying not to right. allow us or trying to trick us into thinking we're powerless. So regardless of my take on the earth or some of his personal philosophy, I knew I was going to jive with Dave right off the bat because I, I have that conclusion too. We, a lot of us see even that particular thing in a different way. Like I was telling you before, I kind of see it as more of uh, our lower ego side is what is kind of doing that on a collective level, like a collective ego to the collective consciousness. I'm sure I'm sounding like a broken record to some of my listeners, but I feel <laughs> like it fits here perfectly, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my stake too. It's like, hey, sovereignty, sovereign, sovereignty here, you know, and, and everybody who can agree on that, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your sexual preferences are, or how you identify. I don't give a fuck. Don't care. Sovereignty. That's it. We're good. Suitcase, open it. Flat earth, hollow earth, no earth. I don't give a fuck. Like, let's party. You know what I mean? There's gonna be some weird shit in that suitcase. You know, it's gonna be some Vegas kinky, you know, some sort of, some sort of, <laughs> some sort of shameful, you know, but that's all right. As long as everybody sort of understands that. And then what factions are there at that point? It's like, we all understand that we're sovereign beings, you know, we're all, you know, we all have those rights. It's, it's really simple. I remember that was, and that was another critical point for me too. I'll have to say is uh, finding Mark Passio's work and yeah. his work on, um, you know, moral relativism specifically, like he just laid that shit out so clearly. And a lot of people might not jive with Mark and how he uh, pre presents, which he even caveats at the beginning. Uh, but, you know, I think the information is insanely valuable that he put together. A lot of the symbology stuff I learned so much from, 
you know, his stuff is really pivotal. Dude, we've talked about so many like great authors and 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 speakers on this podcast. We should put like all of them in my show notes. <laughs> like I always, I was already going to ask you to please send me like some of the books that you've you've mentioned already. I think I got a few books I want to mention to you. Awesome. We'll start a little book club. <laughs> I love book clubs. Yeah, I love I love books and book clubs. Um, oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. I've been what reading. Been, yeah, let's. What you've been reading lately? I've been reading. A, I've been reading more uh, uh, like marketing and business books. But I recently came across a book that I recorded, uh, and it's called "Heal Your Wounds, Find Your True Self" by Lise Bourbeau. and it's spelled L-I-S-E B-O-R-B-E-A-U. She's French. Um, fucking phenomenal book man like Good. as far as like understanding wounds and the way that we interact in life i mean she points out eating habits body types it's insane how accurate some of the stuff is um That's awesome it's going to become part of my curriculum and the trauma stuff because you know to me that's like a a lot of a lot of the important you know letting go and acceptance is found through that and she does a great job of explaining the different uh, wounds and how we experience them. For instance, like you and I could have the same thing happen to us. You might experience it as abandonment and I might experience it as shame. You know, it's mm -hmm. my wound to heal in this lifetime is, you know, either one of the five and the archetypes are, are spot on. Um, so I just finished that book and I highly recommend it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I can jive with that big time. Like, and often like, I, I know people who were raised with terrible upbringings and one, you know, really shows those scars in their personality and has had a, a rough road about it. Uh, I know someone else with uh, a different but similar horrible upbringing. And now, you know, you'd, you'd be she has wings you know and and she she is like the light in any room and she's powerful and and driven and i see this other person i i can't wait to see them get there you know what i mean but it's it just it all affects us differently it all uh triggers different things sometimes bad situations immediately trigger such courage and bravery and other times the self doesn't know what else to do, but hide and protect itself, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. And that's just that beautiful fractal nature where my wife and I have been talking a lot about generational curses and generational healing. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, I'm getting chills right now. Just thinking kind of back to the deja vu thing where it's like, once you look into your family's history and, you know, my wife's been doing that a lot and seeing so many patterns and going, wow, I am breaking so many of these patterns. And I'm looking at mine going, holy crap, just on such micro levels, macro levels, just it's unbelievable. And now being a parent, it's even, it's, it's just exponential. It's unbelievable. And I think just the awareness of these things is, it's, it's, this is what growing up is, I think. I think that's why the old traditions were like, send the 12 year olds into the woods for four days because yeah. they will come back men. <laughs> that is grown up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Give them some, uh, give them some DMT. Uh, DMT and a stick. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's interesting to me, that whole thing, you know, having those rites of passage. Um, You know, I have a friend who's really passionate about that, you know, wants to do some rites of passages for young, younger men, you know, um, that are coming into adolescence. But I think, honest to God, like people who are my age, I personally would probably benefit from doing that myself, even though I'm fucking almost 40, you know, same here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm learning so much more now than I ever was before, you know, when I thought I was learning more, but no, that's amazing. I I'm, I'm shocked too. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that the rabbit hole went this deep when I first jumped into it. I mean, I would have had no, I mean, of course, and just, it's just never ending, but I had no idea. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, it's been really great talking to you, man, and getting to know you. And I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll have to do another one. And I usually do this with some people where like, we, we have just kind of like a jam session, like we have, and then maybe we'll come back and do something more, more particular or something. I knew we were going to jump around and just kind of get, get to know each other and shoot the shit. And this has been really great, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your work and I appreciate you coming on. So please tell my audience where they can find you. Dude. Thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate you and um, everything you're doing. I think your show is great. I love, I love what you're about. I'm glad that you're, you know, continuing your education, like how amazing. Um, And, uh, and I I have some things I want to talk, to you about too, uh, as far as like, you know, doing some show stuff too. I've got, I got a couple of ideas. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but, uh, for anybody who wants to find me, uh, stripper name, uh, Bootsy Greenwood, just type that into a Google search or Instagram, your favorite social media platform. I'm trying to be everywhere. It's probably a mistake, but I'm doing (laughs) it. Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I'm, you know, um, I'm available on facebook sometimes not (laughs) i have a youtube um and fortunately content safe distributes my stuff so it's on gab tv and bitshoot and odyssey and uh, all of those platforms um and uh then i just have my uh website bootsygreenwood.com you can get free audiobooks there a little short book that i wrote about finding your purpose has a great little technique in there it's absolutely free you just have to get on my uh email funnel which i don't have like a you know autoresponder or any of that i just sling you know weird memes from time to time so if you're into <laughs> nice. that just, uh, if you want to see me on the back of a unicorn you know or something like that then hop on the email list because you'll get a weird uh email every once in a while I try to be encouraging and give as much away on my email list um but i will occasionally let people know you know, that, uh, I'm taking on clients or I have a specific project or something that I want to promote, but try not to be too sleazy in there. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again so much for coming on and yeah, stick around. We'll, we'll talk a little bit after this, but everybody, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And, uh, yeah, go check out Bootsy Greenwood stuff. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to this episode of the deep share podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Hey, guys, this is
Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together, pacifaria. Enough, I got the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? Ha, 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 ha!